This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. The International Coastal Cleanup Day is a global event that has been running for more than 30 years, where volunteers all around the globe engage and encourage the communities to take action by removing trash from beaches or oceans. Uh, and also, very importantly, identifying the sources of the litter. That also wants to inspire change in beating marine debris pollution. So last year, Reef Check Malaysia, who have been you know, helping to organise cleanups here in Malaysia, last year they had almost 10,000 volunteers and picked up an astounding 23,000 kilograms of trash. So today on the show, I'm joined by Julian Hyde. He is the General Manager of Reef Check Malaysia. Uh, he's going to share more about, you know, what's the purpose of these coastal cleanup days and also why the aim is still to have no more beach cleanups in 10 years. Welcome, Julian. How are you today? Hi, Julia. I'm good, thank you. So yes, I mean, in 10 years, but of course, you know, that was a goal set a little while ago, but we'll discuss that in a little bit. Um, it's nice to see you, Julian. It's nice to have you back on the show. We caught up on a little bit more somber terms the last time, right? We were You were helping us understand the kind of devastation that the construction of the Tioman Airport uh, would have on the people and the place there. But some good news since then, yes? Indeed. Um, yes, the world has become a much better place in some ways. <laughs> uh, burden has been lifted from our shoulders. Uh, yeah, the um, the government took a decision, uh, I thought very bravely, uh, to say the, the airport will simply do too much damage, it's not worth it, uh, which I think was a, a very good decision. Um, I th- you know, we've talked about Tim before, it's a, it's a jewel in the crown of Malaysia's biodiversity resources, um, it's a very special place. And I think, you know, full-scale go-ahead development with no concern for the future, for the environment, for those resources, it, I, I think is not a way we want to go. And so to say, no, let's not do that. Let's look at other options is is very positive. And in fact, we subsequently heard Pahang State Government is talking about extending the existing runway, which is one of the options we suggested in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are restrictions on what they can achieve because, you know, the island is relatively crowded, compact, but they can extend it a little bit so they can, uh, it will allow small uh, regional uh, propeller planes, jet props to uh, to land, uh, the, the sort of the 72-seaters that uh, Firefly uses okay. uh, and that, air, that Mass uses in, in, uh, in Sabah, Sarawak. So, yeah, let's keep it, let's put a runway on so people can get there easily but let's keep it a reasonable size so that we're managing and controlling the growth in in tourism and making it more sustainable. So, yeah, great stuff. Good stuff happening there. Okay. Yes, it was really, really heartwarming to hear that, you know, that had, uh, that was the decision. Uh, Really, yeah, because there was, uh, there was a lot of, you know, community feedback. There was a lot, you know, from NGOs like yourselves and many others came together. So it's nice that they listened. And it's also great that, you know, they're taking into consideration the many, many options that were provided as well, right? It's not, again, as you mentioned many times, it's not that you're against development. We just want sustainable development. Absolutely. Yeah. So this this is a really good step in the in the sustainable development direction, uh, rather than just West, mass tourism. West, uh, lots of people. Lots of people. It's not. It's not. It doesn't make a lot of money. And it's, it's really not a good way to treat your people and your ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, some good news there. Wonderful, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we were quite upset about that. But yes, now, of course, uh, something that um, you guys have been helping to organise uh, for many, many years now, right? Uh, and that's the uh, International uh, Coastal Cleanup. But um, that has been taking place. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a global effort, isn't it? Mal- uh, RC, uh, Reef Check Malaysia have been helping to organise the Malaysian chapter of it. Can you just sort of share a little bit of some history and background? background of the coastal cleanup event? 
Sure. So it started back in 1986 in the US. So this is year 37. Mm -hmm. And it was started by, you know, like many of these things, a group of enthusiasts to see a problem, try and do something about it. So the program grew. It is now managed by an organization called the Ocean Conservancy in the US. Uh, and we are simply the Malaysian coordinator, one of the Malaysian coordinators. So our job basically is to encourage people to join in as much as possible um, and to try and address the problem of trash on beaches. Now, you can't go out one day of the year and resolve the problem, mm-hmm. right? So, so this the goal of International Coastal Cleanup Day is not to solve the problem. The goal of International Coastal Cleanup Day is to raise awareness and get people to understand uh, and I had a very interesting morning on Saturday out at Pantai Remis with one of our sponsors, Techne, who also supported us last year, talking with people there. And, and it's still amazing that, that how, how little people know and understand about the, the real long-term impacts of, of trash on the, on the environment. So, yeah, uh, 38 years, um, 37 years. The, it used to focus on specifically on the third weekend of September. Yeah. Uh, that was always ICC Day. Uh, but it's got a bit more mm, flexible these days. So we now just don't just talk about ICC day. We actually talk about ICC month. So any time around these few weeks around that date uh, is, 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 uh, is, is, is good to go. Uh, and that's great for us because Malaysia Day, big public holiday, you always falls around the third Saturday of the month. And, and that's a day when people are away anyway. They're enjoying a long weekend with family or relatives, whatever. And they don't want to go and do a beach cleanup. So it's good that we have some flexibility. So actually, uh, Saturday was a big day for us this, this past Saturday, two days ago. Um, we have around 100 locations registered this year around mm-hmm. Malaysia. Uh, and about half of those were last Saturday. Okay. Um, some more of them are this coming Saturday, and some more again are the Saturday after the 23rd. I, I was out on Pantai Remis two days ago okay. Uh, okay. up on the West Coast, and on that weekend, in a couple of weeks, I will be on Pulau Tioman uh, with a whole bunch of people doing a cleanup out on the island. Kind of spread out, but it's, you know, it's great because it gives people more flexibility. No, that's wonderful. And um, anyone can join. They just need to sort of sign up with you earlier. I mean, there are there is a sign up sort of process, isn't there? Um, there's a registration process, okay. which we do because we want to try and avoid too many people arriving at the same beach on the same day. Uh, I think it actually happened in a couple of places over the weekend, but you know, we're not the law here. You don't have to do a cleanup through us. Uh, you can go and you can go do a cleanup anytime you want. In fact, when I was out on Pantai Remis on Saturday, I bumped into another couple walking along with a big plastic bag, and I'm like, "Oh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing a beach cleanup. Oh, part of International Coastal Cleanup Day." And they looked at me like. What's that? So they, they just decided to go out one morning and, and do a beach cleanup. Um, so not everybody knows about it. Not everybody has to come through us. It, we, we just try and coordinate it and reduce the the, the, the conflict, as it were. Okay. Um, okay. So it just helps. That's all. Okay. And I think, you know, it's, uh, it's important to tell folks also, you know, why beach cleanups like these are actually crucial to stopping marine debris. I mean, do you want to, can you talk a little bit about the issue of marine debris? And yes, of course, why we must stop it. Sure. So, oh gosh, where do you start with the topic that huge? Uh, the topic of marine debris is huge. Um, there have been various reports done over the years talking about the amount of plastic in the marine environment. Uh, you only need to walk along a beach 
um, to, to see, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of uh, marine debris out there. Some of it is washed ashore. Some of it is left behind by tourists. Uh, so it, it comes from a variety of sources. Um, and yes, it is it is recognized as a huge problem. The, the SDGs mention it, Sustainable Development Goals. It's mentioned in Malaysia's National Policy on Biodiversity. Uh, other policies like the, the single-use plastics roadmap talk about reducing single-use plastics. Um, there are specific campaigns, for example, to do with straws. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's a big bugbear for some people. But all in all, it's about marine debris from whatever the sources are. Uh, most of it is plastic, unfortunately. And the idea is, like I said, you can't solve the problem on one day, but the idea is to raise awareness and make people understand. I mean, the figures you were quoting just now, last year we collected 23 tonnes of trash from the beaches of Malaysia. Um, and, you know, go back a week later and it's all going to be there again because mm -hmm. it just keeps washing ashore from neighbouring countries, from, from, from shipborne waste, from our own rivers and so on. So we're trying to say to people, you know, stop doing this because it's damaging the environment one thing interesting thing two interesting things i saw on saturday uh one was the number of straws that are still out there oh. i kind of thought a few years ago straws became the poster boy for marine debris right uh david attenborough and the famous pulling the the straw out of the turtle's nose those sort of images stay stay with us for a long time so i was kind of surprised to see a lot of straws out on the beach again i thought we'd killed that one but obviously not. So we need to keep reminding people and reminding people. And the other thing was uh, single-use plastics, but turning into uh, microplastics. So we're all familiar with the problem of microplastics. They're turning up in our food chains, in our digestive systems. And I was very calm, conscious on Saturday that I was finding plastic cups for people to take for drinks. And then the, the top that they put on is made from a different kind of plastic. And that is not surviving well in the sun. When you try to pick these up from the beach, often they literally fall apart in your hands. And so I'm there <laughs> creating microplastics as, as I go. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was quite a shock. Um, so, yeah, we used to we started off saying two, three years ago, no more, no more beach cleanups in 10 years. Because there's no point just carrying on doing the same thing again and again and again, right? Um so that's that's the bigger picture. Uh, that that's that's where we're trying to go. We're trying to raise awareness through the cleanups, trying to get people to understand what's going wrong, uh, engage people in the conversation, and at the same time work with government and policymakers to say how do we stop it ending up in the environment in the first place. Okay, let's just go for a quick break, Julian. When we come back, uh, I do want to know also, you know, what you do with the data because, you know, volunteers do record uh, each of these items collected, right? So uh, let's just talk a little bit about that and what's the point of doing that and what's the purpose of that. I'm speaking today to Julian Hyde, the General Manager of Reef Check Malaysia. Uh, it is, uh, well, it's a month, I guess, for international coastal cleanups. Uh, it's sort of the, the month to get involved and do it. But of course, this is something we should be doing all the time. Uh, we'll have more after this quick break. Keep it here on Earth Matters, on The Bigger Picture. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. On the line with me today, Julian Hyde. He's the General Manager of Reef Check Malaysia. Uh, it is uh, the month for International Coastal Cleanup. It was International Coastal Cleanup Day. Uh, well, supposedly this coming Saturday, actually, right? But yeah, it's something that, uh, you know, many, many sort of like uh, use uh, do throughout the month of September. Again, as Julian said, to raise awareness, you know, about the issue of marine debris and uh, why it's very crucial to stop this ending up in our seas and oceans. So, Julian, um, you know, you were talking to us 
earlier about uh, you know the kind of trash that you found, right? Um, and I know it's too early to talk about what you found this time round, but you know, based from last year's uh, last year's cleanup, right? Because you guys collect the trash, but beyond that, you also rec- record each item uh, on a standardized data card, right? To sort of identify ways to eliminate uh, ocean trash in the future, right? Can you just remind us a little bit about that process? Sure. So there's a there's an app called CleanSwell, which was developed by Ocean Conservancy um, to to replace the paper sheets. So yes, everybody used to walk around the beach with a piece of paper and tick off every time they pick up a cigarette butt or a piece of plastic or whatever. Wow. Now they've converted that into an app, which makes it much easier to use. And so as you go along, there's two ways. Two people do it in two ways. They either do it as they collect the trash, so they walk along the beach, they pick up a piece of plastic, go through that app, and say right, one piece of plastic, whatever, or as the team from on Pantai Remis, the team from Technic, they're on Saturday, they collect it all together, take it to a central location, and they do a trash audit afterwards. So they'll go through it then and say, count how many plastic bottles, how many plastic cups, how many plastic bags, and so on. Um, so, that you know, it's either way, it doesn't matter. But the critical thing is having data because it, it helps when you're talking to decision makers, particularly government. You know, we say, there's a problem with debris on the beaches. They're like, yeah, how do you know? Well, we've got all this information. Where did all that come from? 9,000 people went out on the beach and collected it and counted it three weeks ago. Ah, okay, so that's real data. So you've got to have data when you're talking to government people. They can't make decisions based on you know on, on, on what Julian says. Uh, Julian says we should do cleanups. No, so we need the data to help us to identify where the problem plastics are. And I've already mentioned straws, for example. And we can say, look, the number of straws is not going down. The number, you know, this type of plastic trash is, is not changing. Maybe we need some policies to change how we are using plastics, what sort of plastics we're using. And we know from the work we've been doing over the last few years about plastics with government, uh, single-use plastic, single-use roadmaps, for example, we know that they are considering banning certain types of plastics, which we just need to learn to do without. So that's why we need the data to inform decision-making and make sure that we can, like I said, we can go with our goal of eventually not having to do beach cleanups because we've either taught people not to dispose of plastic we've changed the sort of plastics we're using or eliminated certain types of plastic. Mm-hmm. And for folks who are not, let's say, involved in the beach cleanups with you guys, for example, let us, so let's say I want to go on my own and do it, I can also participate uh, and, and have that app and uh, contribute to that data collection as well? And, yeah, the, the, the app is, you can now download it from the from the Ocean Conservancy, go off and do your own beach cleaner and just submit the data. It doesn't come to us, it goes to Ocean Conservancy. Sure. And then they send us back the data for Malaysia so we can see what's happening in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And in previous years, you've uh, then uh, used this data to pass on to, you know, the policymakers, the government and things like that? Yeah, it's not it's not as effective and efficient as we'd like, but but these things, things take a long time. Okay. Um, you know, so, like I said, we do have the the, the, the roadmap on single-use plastic. Uh, there is now the the the, recy- the big brands have put come together to to establish the recycling association. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this has followed work that people have been doing for the last six, seven, eight years. Uh, not just us; plenty of people working on this. Um, but the more data you have, the more you can sh- first of all demonstrate what the problem is, but also track if that's changing. So, you know, are we actually having an impact on people when we say stop using straws? Now, it's quite common these days in cafes, in KL, cafes, restaurants, whatever, your straw will be a paper straw now. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, you'd have a wax paper straw and then it became plastic. And now we've gone back to wax paper, which is great. Um, 
why not stop using the straw altogether? But that's a different argument. At least it's not plastic straws. But like I said, we're seeing them again on the beaches. So maybe we've got to some communities, like the urban communities, but we've still not changed the habits so that when those same people go out to the beach, they say, oh, I'll use a plastic straw. People don't think about it. I was guilty as charged. I was in a restaurant yesterday evening with some friends and I got a, a, a drink and it came with a straw because I'd forgotten to say, no straw, please. You know, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're all guilty. Um, but yeah, the data helps us to track these things. So we've got data we can put in front of government, they can make policies and we can then monitor the changes. Yeah, because there is there are policies in place to stop single use plastic bags, isn't it? We we are seeing that going to happen. So I mean, and I thought plastic, like you like you said, I thought plastic straws was a done deal, but clearly not. I think it's kind of coming. I'm seeing it more and in more and more places, even in urban areas, unfortunately. So yeah. So, okay, so there's things like that that we need to look at. But, you know, through the years, have you actually witnessed, you know, any changes perhaps, any, you know, both positive and negative since you started doing these cleanups? Because, of course, again, you know, we keep going back to the aim is to never have to do this again. But, yeah, any any changes or anything that you can share with us? Changes like this take a long time. It, it's frustratingly slow. But we've got to be realistic. You know, we can't get through to 30, 30 million Malaysians all on one day and say, okay, you've got to change your habits now today and then expect them to change their habits now today. Yeah. Um, so we need to look at this at different levels, government, uh, communities, manufacturers, plastic suppliers, and so on. And we need to reach out to them all differently. And it takes weeks, months, years to have these conversations. You can sit down with the plastics industry today and say, look, we need to do something about plastic straws. Okay. Uh, we'll have a think about it and come back to you in three months. So you have another meeting. What have you done? Well, it just goes on and on and on and on. What we can say, first of all, is there's much greater awareness uh, amongst the population in general. Uh, yes, there are gaps. Not everybody's aware of everything, but there is more awareness. Secondly, there's more people joining in, uh, which is great. You get more participation. The more participation you get, then the wider the awareness grows. And thirdly, there is government support and policy or addressing the problem. Is it complete yet? No, it's not. But is it a starting point? Yes, it is. So those are things that have improved since we started doing this six, seven years ago. Okay. You know, again, like you said, it's quite removed uh, for a lot of people, right? How how huge this issue is, right? And that's the another important reason of, you know, collecting all that data, right? So it's all these small, small things that you use here, like, oh, it's just one plastic straw, but, you know, ultimately it ends up being many plastic straws. Um, can, do you have any uh, data or stats from uh, ICC in Malaysia in 2022 about the sort of uh, waste composition or the breakdown of the 10 top items or some of the items uh, like cigarette butts? for example. I know that's always a, a huge culprit, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but most of it, the, 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 the top 10 items, top six items are all plastics. Okay. So plastic bottles, uh, various types of plastic bags, uh, plastic cups like the takeaway cups you'll get from beverage suppliers. I won't name any names. Um, but, you know, the sort of stuff you go in uh, and have your coffee in. Um, so... We, we're not getting through with the message about plastics, clearly, because, the, the, again, this, this past weekend we've noticed a lot of plastic cups out there. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that we've got the policy on single-use plastic, the roadmap on single-use plastics, we've got Maria, the, the, the recycling association. Um, we, we're still not entirely getting through with the, with the, with the plastics problem. 
Um, we'll have to wait and see. We, we can't tell from half the data okay. uh, uh, what, what this year is going to be. Uh, it would be nice if we could say, actually, yeah, there's overall the, the mix of plastic in the total trash is less. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case because I don't think um, we have entirely got hold of this problem. You still go out to places, there's still people selling drinks on the on the beach side in, in plastic cups. One of the people that was, I was conducting the beach cleanup on Saturday commented to me because, because there were lots of these plastic uh, drinks containers. Um, and, and somebody said, why don't we just stop selling drinks in cups like this by the beach? And I said, that's a great idea. Why don't we do that? Because, you know, then there'll be less plastic on the beach, wouldn't there? So we had this conversation and it's like, yes, it would be a good idea, but you've got 50 vendors over there, right, all doing their thing. You've got a thousand people on a Sunday sitting on the beach and you can't make them all bring their own drinks container. Uh, we've got the government, which is struggling with many other development issues we have, and, you know, it's, uh, plastic's just one of them. And and you, you have to have these conversations with individuals to say it's a great idea to ban those things, but there's a whole chain of activities you have to go through in order for that to happen, and it takes a long time. But, yes, why the hell don't we just – why don't we just ban plastic drinks containers uh, by the seaside? I'll, I'll talk to the government for you. <laughs> and see what they say um so it's it's very difficult to, yeah. to make progress yeah um, so but but hopefully over time we track we track the change we track the data that that's why we collect the data and hopefully over time we'll be able to see maybe a, a modest reduction in plastic uses who knows okay but you know ab ab above and beyond that of course you know manufacturers right i mean companies have control over how they package their products how raw materials for plastic are sourced you know how their products are actually packaged for delivery so uh, they of course you know can shift consumer behavior as well and uh, they need to be compelled to do so i suppose it's part of the mix, yes. Uh, and if you look at, for example, computer suppliers, a lot of they've, they've changed their packaging a lot so that there's less, there's, there's more recycled content. Um, but the problem is when you come to the the delivery end, you know, on a beach, what's the best way to to, to solve this problem? You you want to sell? You, you can't sell glass uh, glass containers. Glass you can't sell drinks in glasses because they get broken on the on the rocks uh, and they're expensive. We, we come back to the fact that plastic is the cheapest, easiest material to deal with. Um, it's very lightweight. It's very simple to use. The problem is it, it stays in the environment for forever, not forever, but for a long period of time. So is it the fault of the suppliers? Is it the fault of the drinks vendors? Or is it the fault of the general public for just chucking their plastic cup away while they're on the beach? Uh, now, same arguments, let's not just pick the beachgoers, the same old arguments hold to us city dwellers where we are putting trash into a bin at the side of the road but not realising that the bin's full and so it falls out or blows out, ends up in the drains and then in the rivers and then in the sea. So we're, we're all part of the problem. Um, but it's kind of difficult to, to put all of the blame on the suppliers, on the manufacturers. I said to somebody on Saturday, you know, Coca-Cola as a corporation never threw away a single bottle. So why are we having a Coca-Cola? Because their drinks bottles end up on the beaches. But it's not Coca-Cola's fault. It's, it's me as a consumer not disposing of the bottle properly. Okay, some people would argue Coca-Cola should be improving its packaging recovery. It's tried to do that. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend that corporation individually. Um, but we must do better than just try and demonize one little group, one stakeholder, without realizing that the rest of us are 
to blame as well. You know, we're throwing plastic bottles away, plastic cups away, diapers, ech, all sorts of stuff, you know, which people, people are, we need to change that habit. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I think, you know, everyone is always saying we should try, well, attempt to go to a zero waste sort of lifestyle. I mean, and that's a hard one, but, you know, taking mini steps here and then seeing where you can reduce your plastic consumption and how you uh, deal with that plastic as well after that's very, very important as well. So yes, a lot of mindset uh, change, a lot of shifting in our behaviours is very, very important. Um, as you mentioned earlier, there are many, uh, many more beach cleanups that we can participate in, right? So I guess, you know, the, the best thing to do is uh, if they'd like to join you guys, you know, just to have some sort of, I guess, guidance. Uh, just head to Reef Check's website and they can find places? Yep. Um, you can have a look at our website or you can send us an email at cleanup at reefcheck.org.my and then we can supply you. We, we have information we can send to you on how to organise a cleanup, what you need to do. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's not rocket science. You know, it's <laughs> go to a beach with a bag, pick up the trash. Download um, an app. <laughs> da- and download the app, yes. Uh, so not much happening next weekend because like i said it coincides with malaysia day so you know there's, there's other things people are doing the weekend after we have some more events going on um, i'll be on tierman come and join us on tierman uh you know plenty of everybody's welcome to come and join in that effort and, and indeed any other efforts going on okay so yes plenty still to do all right, excellent. And of course, you know, it doesn't have to be just in September. You can do it anytime at all. And as you mentioned, you know, it is Malaysia Day uh, at, on Saturday, right? And here in BFM, we uh, our theme is sort of, um, you know, the next century, right? We're talking about what will Malaysia like in the what, what will Malaysia be like in the twenty first century, right? So based on the premise of what the future holds for our country, lah, you know. And uh, I don't know for you, you know, looking ahead, what is your vision for Malaysia, uh, our natural environment and biodiversity? How do you hope to see it evolve uh, in the in the coming years i would like to see more people aware of uh first of all how important biodiversity is to our to our very existence um so ecosystems be they terrestrial or marine provide a whole variety of what we call ecosystem services which human society benefits from food uh fresh water oxygen from the ocean uh, these these are things which, in some cases, we, we literally cannot live without. Um, so I want to see more people understand that simple fact. Uh, I want to see more people then under, understand and appreciate biodiversity to work for what it is. There's many, many books, articles, papers written on just the simple idea that going into nature refreshes us. It, it makes us feel good, you know, that, that we need to stay connected to nature. And I, I believe this to be true. I've, I've experienced it myself. I, I'm not a terrestrial guy. You know, I'm a marine guy. I, you know, but put me in the ocean and I'm like, huh, you know, life, life just becomes simpler. Um, so for people to enjoy it, because I think if they understand what it is and then they learn to enjoy it, they learn to protect it. Uh, and, and I think we need to, so kind of the three stages there. I'd like to see the government support those things by encouraging people to understand more, including it in the school curriculum, for example, but also being a bit more proactive in protecting biodiversity. Uh, we've got the recently signed convention on uh, CBD, uh, Kunming Montreal Post-2020 Global Biodiversity Framework, to give it its full title, uh, which talks about conserving biodiversity. Um, those targets have now been incorporated into the Malaysian National Policy on Biod- Biodiversity, uh, which uh, we've been part of the consultation process on. I think it's quite a strong document. It says the right things. What we've got to do now is enforce it and make it happen. And let me finish by saying on Tuesday, as I was at the 
the Climate Governance Malaysia um, Summit on uh, on the future of climate governance in Malaysia. And YB uh, Nick Nazmi was one of the speakers, one of the keynote speakers in the morning. And I was I was well, I, his speech was awesome. Uh, he spoke well. He spoke very intelligent and eloquently about how Malaysia has important biodiversity assets, how we need to look after those biodiversity assets, how everyone has a role to play. But also, I love the way he defended Malaysia. It's like, look, you know, the Western countries are insisting that we protect our biodiversity. They've already done a lot of damage to theirs. So how can they turn around and say to us, well, you got to protect yours for everybody's benefits? Like, no, you've got to come and help. So there's a big conversation to be had about working together with regional partners, uh, but also looking at funding for biodiversity conservation. Uh, Malaysia is one of the big mega biodiverse countries. Uh, and I think it has a, a, it can do a lot of work itself, but it needs a lot of support from elsewhere as well, from overseas. So, And I think uh, YB Nick Nazmi's message was, we are happy to do this, but we are going to need your support to do it. Uh, so I was, I was, I came away from it very feeling very positive. Uh, the uh, the Crown Prince of Pang also speak, and he spoke very passionately about again about the need to protect biodiversity. And so I I came away from that. These two speakers, very high profile people, speaking intelligently and eloquently about the need to protect biodiversity. I I came away very enthused and positive. So yeah, lot to do in practice, but at least we're having the right conversation. The right conversation seems to be starting about recognizing the importance of these things and how we protect them. Mm-hmm. And and right decisions being made. I mean, you alluded to Nick Nazmi, of course, and you know it was his. I guess you know the NRECC's decision for the Tioman Airport and the Pahang yeah. region. Um, you know they've also recently done a lot for tiger conservation. Um, there's the tiger new tiger reserve in Pahang. So yeah, we're seeing a lot of positive outcomes coming from that sort of level of um, uh, authority and and leadership in that sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's some positive um, outcomes. Yeah, and and state governments getting involved now as well. So Tringanu has just announced that it's going to it's gazetted. Pulatengo, mm, mm. uh, and it's now looking at gazetting the waters around the island as a marine park. So there's a conversation there to be had between federal government and state government because it's already a federal marine park, but the state also wants to get involved. So there's more engagement coming. Uh, and of course, the state is responsible for land so that you can hopefully we can see the integration of managing the land and the water together, which makes a lot more sense, uh, ecologically speaking. So, yes, let's get let's get more players involved. I mean, we we work on the islands with local communities, which is working very well uh, to, to see state governments becoming involved adds another dimension to that. And to listen to the sort of policy statements government is making as that's the, that's the highest level. So we have multi-level involvement now, uh, which I think is the way to go. Um, And I think that strengthens arguments and and for biodiversity conservation, and it helps to strengthen the institutional support for biodiversity conservation as well. Mm Okay. Well, Julian, thank you so much, you know, for joining me today. Uh, always a pleasure speaking to you. Um, uh, so I was speaking to Julian Hyde, the General Manager of Reef Check Malaysia. We were talking about, well, mainly International Coastal Cleanup Day, but a lot of other things as well. As always, if you'd like to find out more about the work that Reef Check does, just head to their website. So that's reefcheck.org.my. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I suppose I have to call it X now, isn't it? X, formerly known as Twitter and also LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, yeah, go get involved. Go see, uh, go see Julian in Tioman in a couple of weeks as well. Um, and if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my earth. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.